airing the Addisons. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, J-Mac and our brother Richard are on tap helping us navigate today's show, and we appreciate them. Um, we appreciate you, too. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I Before we get into mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about today, I kind of feel like I want to jump right into it. Um, but before we do that, I want to remind our listeners, I think today is the last day to register for our date night that is one week from today. Is that right? Yeah, sort of. Like today is the... Um the last day as far as what we said as far as the deadline. Okay. But we do have a number deadline and we haven't met that. Like so Okay. Yeah. Okay. So people can still register. The event is next Tuesday. Okay. All right. So it's April twenty seventh. Um mm-hmm. and so it's gonna be in Florence, Alabama, uh Sweetwater Depot, five zero two South Royal Avenue. And it's the uh, MFL date night. We would love for you to come. Uh it's a free event. But you have to register so we'll know how many people are coming so we can make sure everything's provided for. Yeah. But uh, go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and you can register there. If you go to the events tab, uh, you'll see date night, and you can mm-hmm. click that and register. Sure, would like to see you there if you are married and uh, you just want to come and have a good time with us. Um, there will be encouragement, hopefully challenge in a good way, but also fun. And um, yes. we want you to be a part of it. So um, go to marriagefamilylife.net and register there. Um, and again, just to echo what Will the Great just said, because uh, we need to make sure that we have enough fish and loaves. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which kind of sounds, well, anyway, yes. So Marriage Family Jesus Life. Work a miracle. You know? I know. I know. It's like, <laughs> make sure you have enough fish and loaves. I mean, isn't the whole point of that is that it, you don't. I know. I know, guys. Um, listen, today I'm asking a question and I'm, I'm going to give a disclaimer. Don't too much like them. It's not because of the content that we're going to talk about. I think the content's fine. Um, this might be my first real oh, trigger warning. Uh Oh, trigger warning. We don't believe we don't give trigger warnings guys, <laughs> but, um, listen, I'm going to tell you something. We are at a place right now. We are at, um, we're fighting an interesting battle here. And it's not about a battle that we're unfamiliar with. Um, It is a battle to open the eyes of believers to see what's happening in front of them. Yeah. And anytime you do something like this, whenever there is a fight that you engage in where you're trying to open a person's eyes, like where there are things happening all around him or her, and you just want them to see it, Mm -hmm. um, there was a battle because the person is like, well, no, it doesn't take, no, that's not happening. That's not happening, right? And they don't mean to be that way. It's just that they have not um, moved into that phase of like acceptance, like, oh, wait, yep, this is happening, right? And so until you get to that place, 
um, you're going to have people kind of fighting against you as you try to like awaken people, like try to stir people, ready people for action. Um, in addition to that, when you start going after people's comfort mm-hmm. and you start going after, well, this is the way we've always done it. Um, you upset people, right? So people are going to be upset and I understand that. Okay. Thirdly, let me say this. Um, when, when it appears that bulldozers are coming into Mayberry, mm. right? Before we let Mayberry go, some people like just go out and run in front of those bulldozers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you have a period of time where in America, you know, we've been doing that, mm-hmm. been running out in front of the bulldozers. And unfortunately, the bulldozers keep coming. They keep coming to Mayberry. You guys understand what I mean when I say Mayberry, right? Yeah. All right. Um, they keep coming. And so at, at some point, you know, people who see what's happening will say, okay, well, we have warned and we have said, hey, this is where we are and this is what we need to do. And then, you know, those who decide to stay and try to remain in front of the bulldozers can do that. But then there are other people who say, you know what, we're getting out. Mm. We're getting out. We're done trying to protect this, but we're getting out, right? So what what do I mean? What I mean? Okay. Um, we have a problem in American education. Now listen to me. <clears throat> this is going to trigger you. Okay? Because for so many of us, all we have known is that this is the way we educate our kids. Yeah. We educate our kids in public education. That's for many of us, not for all of us, but right. for many of us, that's what we do. Right. In fact, who, when you were growing up, who did not play school? <laughs> right? Who didn't play school? That's, that's what we did. We aspired to be teachers. We taught one another. I mean, we, you know, we had, the, we had the dreams. We Think about it, guys. Come on, right? Because, look, this is what it feels like to, to watch the bulldozers coming into Mayberry. Yeah. It's, it's the loss of everything that was like, man, this is just what we did. And now we're having to rethink and we're having to do things differently because the bulldozers are coming in. OK, I, I, I and I'm look, I'm trying to stress this here because I'm, I'm getting I'm going to get to the story. And of course, I'm hopefully going to encourage you in scripture. It's not going to be a place that you might imagine, <laughs> but hopefully I will encourage you from the word of God. OK, <clears throat> but you remember that um, we played school. You remember that feeling of like you couldn't wait until you were able to write on the chalkboard? I know we use dry erase now, but you you remember <laughs> it. You remember it? You remember being being called from your desk to go down to the board to write the answer on the board? You remember yeah, that? Man. You guys were I just want let's let's just terrified. Okay. Okay, sure. <laughs> man. I want to go down, uh, down really to that board. To be no real. Answers, man. man, okay. Well, for those of us who were not, who were like, pick me, pick me, and you wanted to go and write the answer, you understand? And whether you got it right or not, you know, you remember. Um, but but you remember your teacher, Miss Enter Their Name, uh, Mr. Enter Their Name, the ones that you love that you went home talking to your parents about that just, you, you remember the first, um, like, kind of compliment that you got in school? You remember getting sort of like that proverbial uh, gold star? Do you remember it? Does it come back yeah. to you? You know, you get the A on your paper. You remember studying and, and all of these experiences that you had that, you know, 
you know, school was a, relatively speaking, it was a safe place for so many of us. Right. Um, that first day, the fresh notebook, all of these things. OK. And so when we talk about American education, many people imagine that time. Yeah. OK. They imagine that time. And so when we start talking about, hey, guys, something is going on, people get mad because they think that you are trying to rob them of the opportunity to give their kids that experience. OK, that that you are saying that I that I can't give my kid that experience. Well, here is what I am saying today. I am not saying that we cannot give our kids that experience i am saying that america is saying we cannot give our kids that experience man yeah our kids are no longer going into an educational setting where the thoughts and the intent of those who choose curricula those who teach it largely where those things are in alignment with what the word of God says, there is no fear of God in their eyes. So what we are essentially doing every single day, many of us, not all of us, many of us, Mm -hmm. we are sending our kids out into an indoctrination camp where what we are doing is we are making enemies, not only our own, but enemies of the cross. Because the goal and the aim is to wrestle away from parents the minds of their children. The parent can take care of the body. The parent can feed the kid. The parent can house the kid. The parent can even believe that the parent has a certain amount of authority over the kid, but we have the mind. We have the heart, we have the emotion, we have the conviction of the child, and we will do with all of that what we will. Mm. Now, here is the question that I am asking today, and all of this is a setup for the current event that we're discussing. The question is, where is Leviathan? Where is Leviathan? If you've read in the book of Job and you've read at the point where the Lord God addresses Job Mm -hmm. and he challenges Job, declaring himself to be God and that there is none like him. There is there's no one who can do what he does. And, and, you know, as as he gets into this challenge, the Lord God, as he gets into this challenge, he tells Job um, dress for action like a man. Man, I, I, you know, I, I can only imagine, right? I can only imagine. But God tells Job, dress for action like a man. And then, and then he says, I will question you and you make known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? And then he goes on and, and I'm going to, this is chapter 40 of Job. And that's not where I'm going to stay. I'm going to jump over to chapter 41. But just this other question here in chapter 40, verse nine, he says, have you an arm like God and can you thunder with a voice like his? (laughs) Right. You're just you're just a man. okay? But then the Lord, the Lord starts to um, talk about Leviathan. 
And Will and I were talking about this this morning in a different context, but I was like, man, you know, the thing that the Lord says about Leviathan, you know, when you think of, um, forget being the mama bear, (laughs) forget being tiger moms. I want to be the Leviathan mom. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why, because look, when we talk about what is infiltrating The American public school system, what has infiltrated the American public school system, you're going to have to forget Mayberry. Mm. You cannot think about this the way we thought about this, okay? Forget about the little saddle shoes and the little Mary Janes, right? And and the composition notebooks and your kid coming home with a note, like, you know, pinned to his back. You know what I mean? You you remember those days? Okay, that's not where we are today in America. And the sooner we wake up to that, the sooner we can ready ourselves for right action. And we, in fact, don't have a choice. But look, this is what this is what the Lord God said about Leviathan. I'm well again, well beyond Mama Bear. Tiger Mom. (laughs) Leviathan. Job chapter 41. Can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he make many pleas to you? Will he speak to you soft words? Will he make a covenant with you to take him for your servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird or will you put him on a leash for your girls? (laughs) Will traders bargain over him? Will they divide him up among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay your hands on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. (laughs) Behold, the hope of a man is false. He is laid low even at the sight of him. God is talking about this sea-dwelling creature, the Leviathan. Here is my question, and we're going to pick up with this on the other side of the break. My question to every parent and grandparent is, where is the Leviathan? Where is the Christian who will rise up and say, hold up a second. I'm, I'm done trying to pretend that it's not what it is. We see what it is. Now we're going to take action. Indeed, we have no choice. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's uh, Todd Delaney with Fall in Love Again. Where is Leviathan? Where is Leviathan? That's my question. Um, I, I think, you know, just being a mama bear or papa bear or uh, the tiger mom, you know, <laughs> and, and all of this, when we talk about our kids and how we defend and how we protect our kids, I think... Um, you know, Mama Bear was for a a kinder, you know, 
simpler type of society. And now we live in one that is actively and aggressively hostile toward uh, morality, the things of God, biblical Christianity. And um, we see this infiltrating, having already infiltrated our schools. Um, Teachers who are honest will say repeatedly, um, basically, they've lost control of the classroom. There are things that they are forced to teach all across this country. Teachers are being retrained um, to teach um, what for some of them, not all of them, some of them are perfectly happy to be retrained and, right. you know, indoctrinated and, and then to in turn indoctrinate your children. But for those who have strong conviction, they have found themselves in a situation where they are saying yes and amen to things they don't agree with mm-hmm. because they want to keep their job. Right. And that's the, that's the fact. That's the reality of where we are. Um, a few years ago, I had a post on Facebook and, um, you know, a teacher uh, messaged me privately saying I was a part of this type of conference and this is what we were taught. And I could not say anything, couldn't voice any opposition basically because I would lose my job. Had another teacher um, reach out to us and and talk about how, um, you know, in a setting where they are dividing the classrooms up, you know, based on people's positions and, and basically ostracizing teachers if they have any type of Christian conservative leaning. And we can pretend like that's not happening or that we don't need to push back or do something, um, for lack of a better word, desperate. Uh, But that doesn't serve any purpose if we continue on pretending that way. So my question is, where is Leviathan? That's that's my strong question. It's a strong question with with encouragement that parents have to wake up. Because what we keep saying is that, man, we're losing our country and we don't know what to do. And we, and we keep saying, like, I, I don't know, you know, how was all of this happening? Right. Well, it, it didn't happen overnight. We didn't get here, um, you know, it, it, by blinking. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was a slow and steady decline and one generation simply moving further and further away from the things of God. And then almost kind of having like an exponential effect where it just kind of double timed. Every mm-hmm. time it happened, it just double timed. Mm-hmm. And um, so the reason I'm, I'm setting all of that up and asking about Leviathan before we went to the break, you know, the, the particular verse that I, I, I want to focus on. And look, I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to be um, you don't have to be from a mold like me. We all have different personalities. Right. Um, I will admit and until the Lord saved me, you know, there, there, there was a lot of opportunity probably um, for the enemy to use <laughs> the gifts that God had given me mm-hmm. against God. Right. You know, yeah. not in service to God. And so then by extension against myself. Right. Um, I naturally tend to be a little more um, direct and a little more like, you know, you know, Leviathan-y. <laughs> I don't know. If you can. Uh, okay. I, I tend to, that's, that's, I'm just, I just do it, you know, cause I homeschool, right? I can do it. Um, but I, that's, but, but let me tell you something. And I, I, I want to, I'm, I'm trying to be as measured as I can because I, my, I, I get a little amped, right? And it's all natural, man. That's organic, right? <laughs> People are like, well, you need to be born again. Yeah, that's right. That's true. And I have been, um, some of the things I can keep the zest, um, right. for the glory of God. Let me just tell you something. The time is over for us to be making nice with people. You don't you don't have to have the same personality that I have to ask questions about what your kids are being taught. And you don't have to have the same personality that I have um, to care yeah. about what your kids are being taught. Yeah. 
Okay, but this is this is the particular passage that I, Will and I were talking about this this morning, man. Look, man, get into the word, you know, <laughs> this is Job chapter 41, uh, verse eight. Again, in the context of uh, Leviathan. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, God using Leviathan as an object lesson to tell Job, you ain't God. <laughs> all right. And and he's describing Leviathan. And basically it's it, it, it presupposes that Job will understand I made him. I made this creature that I'm talking to you about its greatness. So if I made this creature, I'm talking to you about its greatness. Logically, I must be greater than it. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I made this that I'm describing to you guys. Listen, all right. <laughs> Verse eight, lay your hands on him. Remember the battle. You will not do it again. Now think about that in the context of our children of our children. Okay. Where you've got a battle over the mind of your kids. And maybe in some instances, although now we know increasingly that there are physical altercations that we have to deal with that happen with our kids. But what we're talking about here is, is really mentally our kids are being assaulted. Where are the parents who will rise up and, and will say, lay your hands on him. You know, you'll remember this and you won't do it again. Too often we find ourselves in a position where we're trying to be so nice to these people. We're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. We're trying to, oh, they didn't, you know, they just, you know, and all the while they just keep making gains. They just keep pushing us over because why we're pushovers. They just keep pushing us over, Mm. pushing us over. And, and we keep saying it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And they just keep pushing over and, and they keep, they're, they're like, yep, you're right. It's not that bad. And they just keep making strides. They just keep making strides. So here is the story. Um, Will the Great and I were talking about this earlier this morning. Yeah. So Biden said to push critical race theory on U.S. schools. Is anyone surprised? I don't see how you could be. <laughs> I really, I really don't see how you could Is be. Now, listen, any... You know, any, anyone who's listened to us for any length of time, you'll know that this in particular is something that I find to be reprehensible yeah. and abhorrent. Um, it has no place in the church. It has no place as any type of framework or philosophical idea that you allow to to, you know, be presented as compatible with biblical Christianity. It's incompatible. It is not. It's a religion. It's a philosophy unto itself. There's just no way that you can make it compatible with biblical Christianity. And so, so while you fight it on the church front, mm-hmm. all right, if you're successful there, if you're successful there <laughs> and if. it doesn't, <laughs> big if, <laughs> all right, and it doesn't <laughs> breach the perimeter making its way into the, the local congregation, if you're successful there, then now what you, what you could be facing mm. is the ramped up presentation of this in our public school system yeah. and on a federal level. Right. Cause you're right to say ramped up because it's already happening. It's already happening. It's already happening. Teachers are already being retrained. Yep. The white teachers are already learning that they are the <laughs> oppressor and that the systemic racism that they benefit from must be fully acknowledged and embraced by them in order for them to teach children. 
And the black teachers are already learning that they are inescapably oppressed and therefore are deserving of special privilege and have a special knowledge that they can speak into situations and say things that other people cannot because they're not a part of the oppressed group. Remember, critical race theory says that the oppressed group has a Mm -hmm. special knowledge, a special vantage point by which to communicate on anything. But if you're the oppressor, you don't have that. Right. And so you're to be quiet. Sit down and learn. And Sit down quiet. and learn. And teachers now are already going through this. They are already being indoctrinated. Yep. Teachers right now are already being indoctrinated. And so, but that's not enough. Because now what we need is we need to make sure that conservative states cannot block this type of indoctrination. Mm-hmm. So we need, we need new directives that are attached to grant dollars. Oh, yep, that's it. That's it. Put the carrot on the stick. Mm-hmm. Put the carrot on the stick. We need it attached to grant dollars that you will teach this in your schools or you won't get dollars. <laughs> Man. And so then you've got you've got these local these local state uh leaders who will say, well, I mean, you know, how bad can it be? We need the money. And unless you're Florida, Right. Or at the time, Texas, you know, blocking Common Core, you're not you're just going to let it happen. Right. And, and, and look, and there are people who will say, well, it's not going to get that bad. And then I would just I would I would ask the question, well, how bad did Common Core get? <laughs> where did it start and where did it end up? And, yeah. and then what did people ultimately do? There are some people who are listening to me who said, yeah, Common Core was that that was it for me. Mm. Where you teach kids to speed read rather than to comprehend what? This article from the National or from National Review. The woke revolution in the classroom is about to go federal. In an early but revelatory move, President Biden's Department of Education has signaled its intent to impose the most radical forms of critical race theory on America's schools, very much including the 1619 Project and the so-called anti-racism of Ibram X. Kendi. We talked about him. Kendi's anti-racism, which advocates a massive and indefinite expansion of reverse discrimination, is more like neo-racism. Biden's Department of Education has just released the text of a proposed new rule, which, by the way, I went to it to read it. I pulled some things that I want to draw your attention to. So remind me to go back to that. We're not, let's not just talk about it. Let's look at it. Mm-hmm. Let's look at let's what, what they're they doing. Yeah. Okay, let's see what they mm-hmm. say. Because here, here, here's the reason. Because what I am telling you is that little enemies are being built mm-hmm. to, to live right under your roof. Yep. Okay? Your, your, your kids now already gone, as Ken Ham said, over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Already gone. All right. Biden's Department of Education has just released the text of a proposed new rule establishing priorities for grants in American history and civics education programs, grants, money, money, wherever you attach money to something, it's a stronger stronghold. That's right. That rule gives priority to grant projects that incorporate racially, ethnically, culturally, and linguistically diverse perspectives. The rule goes on to cite and praise the New York times landmark 1619 project, which says that the genesis of America is slaveholding that, that, Mm -hmm. that America was birthed, out of slavery and therefore is systemically racist in a nutshell. 
as well as the work of critical race theorist Kendi as leading examples of the sort of ideas the Biden administration wants to spread. Now, that's the story. There's more to the story. But in the interest of time, let's go over and look at the proposal. Yeah. Let's let's look at what they want to teach. And so I, I got a lot here in front of me and, and I want to I want to share it with you as much as I can. Um, I've been told that it's OK to read at length when it's necessary. So I think this is necessary. Right. Um, proposed priority one. Projects that incorporate racially, ethnically, culturally and linguistically diverse perspectives into teaching and learning. All right. Background. The department recognizes that COVID-19 with its disproportionate impact on communities of color and the ongoing national reckoning with systemic racism have highlighted the urgency of improving racial equity. Remember, these are all Mm -hmm. buzzwords that if you've been listening to the program, (laughs) we've been talking to you about these things. Guys, this is happening in real time. Urgency of improving racial equity throughout our society, including in our education system. As Executive Order 13985 states, quote, our country faces converging economic health and climate crises that have exposed and exacerbated inequities, inequities. While a historic movement for justice has highlighted the unbearable human cost of systemic racism. Our nation deserves an ambitious whole of government equity agenda that matches the scale of the opportunities and challenges that we face guys, a whole of government mm, equity agenda and a whole of government equity agenda. This means that it does not matter how far you run forest. You aren't getting away from this. American history and civics education programs can play an important role in this critical effort by supporting teaching and learning that reflects the breadth and depth of our nation's diverse history and the vital role of diversity in our nation's democracy. For example, there is growing acknowledgement of the importance of including in the teaching and learning of our country's history, both the consequences of slavery and the significant contributions of black Americans to our society. Pause. No one disagrees with that. Right. No one disagrees. That is a part of American history. Right. You see, that's how they pull you in. Right. And so right at the point that you're nodding your head, then they continue, right? This acknowledgement is reflected, for example, in the New York Times landmark 1619 project. Pause. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not reflected in that. That man, that, it's not reflected in that. And in the resources of the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History. Oh, you mean the museum that excludes black conservatives? Right. That's what that's the one <laughs> right. you're talking about? The right. one the museum that picks and chooses the black people that matter? That's the that's the what that's the one you're talking about. Accordingly, schools across the country are working to incorporate anti-racist practices into teaching and learning. Nope. No, it they're not working to incorporate anti-racist. It's just their choice of racists. They're not anti-racist. They're pro-certain racists. As the scholar Ibram X. Kendi has expressed, quote, an anti-racist idea is any idea that suggests the racial groups are equal in all their apparent differences, that there is nothing right or wrong with any racial group. 
anti-racist ideas argue that racist policies are the cause of racial inequities, end quote. Well, if that's correct, Mr. Kendi, why are you telling certain people that they can and cannot do certain things and other people that they can and cannot do certain things simply based on the color of their skin? What, if, if, if that is true that we're saying that we make no distinctions between people, why then are you making distinctions between people? We got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Yeah, because we put our trust in Yahweh. Our hope is in Yahweh. Our strength is in Yahweh. It's in Yahweh. Oh, yeah. Because we put our trust in you, Lord. Our hope is in you, Lord. Our strength is in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. It's in you. Yeah. And I ain't got no problem, baby. Thank you for listening to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Palace with I Know a Place. Back to this proposed um, what carrot that we get <laughs> um, states to accept and adopt critical Man. race theory and the teaching Put that money of civics. It. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's what it is, right? I, it, I mean, isn't that what they do? Like, even I remember stories about you know getting other countries to accept certain practices by tying yeah. funds that's to right. it. We're not going to give you money if you don't. That's do, right. That's wicked. That's exactly right. And, and and here we are again now with the Department of Education proposing um, what will be critical race theory taught at the federal level in all public schools. Um, if 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 there is no stop to it. Yeah, this is this is what it will be. I You can you can flower it up and call it whatever you want, but it will be basically critical race theory taught as history and civics, American history. Yep. And civics. Isn't that's man, that's what it will be. Wow. And and interestingly enough, that it must be taught as civics because remember what ultimately um, comes out of what we learn about critical race theory is political action. So it has to be it has to be tied to civics. It has to be a part of our civic engagement. It's not just history, yeah. right? It it's it's got to be civics. It's it's got to be attached to. So now, what will you do? Mm. How will you vote, seven year old? What will you do, eight-year-old? Call it out. What will you do? You must be oppositional. Stand up to your racist parents, your parents who are not woke. It's your job. You got to speak it out. You got you to say things. Nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old with whom you've already had problems with, right? <laughs> now they're just empowered to, to, to stand against you. Getting back to this proposal, though, because uh, you need to hear it. All right, read it for yourself. We'll include it in the show notes, but... Uh, on this program, you need to hear it. It is critical that the teaching of American history and civics creates learning experiences that validate and reflect the diversity, identities, histories, contribu- contributions, and experiences of all students. In turn, racially, ethnically, culturally, and linguistically responsive teaching and learning practices contribute to what has been called an identity-safe learning environment. An identity-safe learning environment according to the authors dorothy Steele and becky cone vargas identity safe classrooms are those in which teachers strive to assure students that their social identities are an asset rather than a barrier to success in the classroom 
And through strong, positive relationships and opportunities to learn, they feel they are welcomed, supported, and valued as members of the learning community. Now, let me jump down here. Proposed priority. So a state hoping to get grant monies, Mm -hmm. all right, you want dollars. This is what you've got to show that you're doing. Yeah. So, so it's not enough just to say, okay, yeah, we agree. No, you got to show cash. the work. You got to show the work. You're doing <laughs> the work. You got to show it. All right. So here we go. Proposed priority under this priority, the applicants propose projects that incorporate teaching and learning practices that reflect the diversity, identities, histories, contributions, and experiences of all students uh, create inclusive, supportive, and identity safe learning environments. It's application. An applicant addressing this priority must describe how its proposed project incorporates teaching and learning practices that do the following. A, take into account systemic marginalization, biases, inequities, and discriminatory policy and practice in American history. In other words, systemic racism, inescapably oppressed Always the oppressor. This is critical race theory, by the way, guys. Yep. Okay, they're they're trying to call it by another name. (laughs) Right? Like like a bunch of words, which Mm -hmm. all is like critical race theory. That's right. B, incorporate racially, ethnically, culturally, and linguistically diverse perspectives and perspectives on the experiences of individuals with disabilities. So in other words, now you've got to bring in the trainers. Mm. Oh, man, the dollars just keep... Man, they keep keep they keep critical race theory dollars in critical race theory communities. They are just like Patrice Colors. Mm. They're saying, yeah, we want to help people our own. Mm. Because because what if if you've got to center, which is another thing they say, you get to center these voices. Right. So if you're if you're going to do that in the public school system, that means you've got to bring in the people who are going to teach the people how to do this. And the dollars just keep flowing. And that's C. how you get the Ibram Kendi, who has his book used, you know, in certain curriculums and things exactly. like that. They're gonna use and the has same. a children's book. Yeah, a children's book. Yeah. Go You've got to encourage students to, oh, here it is, critically analyze. Hmm. Critically analyze the diverse perspectives of historical and contemporary media and its impacts. Support the creation. This is D. Support the creation of learning environments that validate and reflect the diversity, identities, and experiences of all students. And E. Contribute to inclusive, supportive, and identity-safe learning environments. Get ready to not recognize the school that your kid attends. Now, and, and let me say something else, too. Get ready get ready to get your kids some counseling because the effects of guilt unmitigated on a child is unbearable. So when you take a child and you put a child in a setting and you tell that child that you are guilty um, and, and you're guilty of something that is immutable, you can't change it. Just the color of your skin. You were born guilty. But see, unlike Christianity, where Jesus Christ offers us forgiveness because we're all born guilty. Right. Unlike Christianity, um, critical race theory does not offer redemption. Right. The wicked are always the wicked. 
The sinful are always the sinful. You acknowledge it and you lose, or you try to cover it up and you lose. You lose either way. Mm-hmm. So when your kid comes home depressed every single day, hating himself, loathing herself. I did a presentation, I guess it's about three years ago now, where I talked about the effects of uh, depression. Yeah. And I talked about white guilt and what our culture is doing right now and, and the great divide that is happening. Um, and, and there was a 15-year-old girl who came up to me after the presentation crying, describing to me that she didn't understand why she had been feeling what she was feeling until the presentation, until she heard it. It was the truth for a new generation conference. Mm-hmm. And she came up crying, talking about how guilty she feels. What do you feel guilty? Well, you know, because, because I'm white. Now, if you think that that is not going to have ripple effects across the country. If you, man, we, we are, listen, I cannot stress this enough. Now, listen, okay. And and let me say this. What must parents do? Well, parents must do no less than what parents did at the great awakening of the silent majority in this country. Mm. You remember the dormant Christian voters Mm -hmm. who didn't really turn out? Until they were like hearing the toilet flush on the country. (laughs) And they were like, wait, hold up a second. There's a lot of us. And you know, it took time, right? Christian parents can do no less than what they did when they responded to brother Don Wildman's call. Turn the TV off in your homes. You know, there are a lot of people who wanted to brush that off too. Brother Don even tells a story that he was surprised at the number of churches who were just like, eh, (laughs) eh. And the same as it is today, people are like, eh, what? I mean, come on. It's not, eh. So what, what are you going to do? Let me, let me just tell you something. If somebody were, were to sit in front of me and say, Miki, I hear what you're saying, but what are you proposing? Let me tell you what I'm proposing. I'm proposing that the church be the church. Amen. Amen. We got a lot of buildings that sit empty all throughout the week. And it looks, they look great. The buildings look fantastic. Awesome facilities. Okay. <laughs> and yet they sit empty all throughout the week. What I'm, what I'm proposing is that teachers who love Jesus and yet they have retired, mm-hmm. dust off your grading book and say, you know what? Look, hey, this Mission. brain is still good. Mission field. This brain has not retired. Who wants, who's looking for an alternative? Why do we have to keep sending our kids? Listen, we have not been carted off to Babylon, but we're living like it. Mm. We're living like we have no choice. And I know that even as I say this, there are parents who are like, look, look, I want to do that. But my situation doesn't allow for me to do that. That's real. Yeah. But you know what? There's some other people who are like, hey, but my my situation allows me to help you. Mm. I can help you. How can I, how I have secured my mask. Mm -hmm. All right. The plane is losing pressure. I have secured my mask. Please let me help you with yours. This, this is how we preserve the faith. This is how we pass it down intact. And, and look, guys, I could tell you, I could never cover another story like this again. I've already made up in my mind what God has called me to do. Amen. I could never cover another story like this again. It makes no difference to me. But I know that there are brothers and sisters who love Jesus, who are tired of the hemorrhage. 
We live in a culture that causes our kids to make war against us. And we're looking around and we're going, how do we get here? Mm. Look, the 25-year-olds, those, those are your babies. And you're like, man, why, how, how have I all of a sudden become your enemy? Well, because over time. If a kid is repeatedly told that this is the standard of righteousness, this is the standard of righteousness, and they hear that for eight hours a day, five days a week, and then maybe a couple hours, once a week, maybe twice if you, if you do something on Wednesday, then they hear, no, God sets the standard for righteousness. And then all of a sudden you want them to believe that that is more important <laughs> than the other eight hours that they're getting? And even by your by your example, you say, um, no, it's OK to check God at the door if it's in exchange for academics. What you're saying to them is that even you don't think he's all that important. So what are we going to do? That's that's my question. Yeah. What is it? What's yeah. where man? Where is the grit where we're going to rise up like where? Uh, man, OK, the silent majority. Where y'all at? What are you doing? So that's your grandkids. What are you? Where is Leviathan? Mm. Mm. The Bible said when he moved, <laughs> it made the ocean look like it had white in it. <laughs> Smoke billowed out of his nostrils. Where is Leviathan? And if it's not over your kids or your grandkids that you will care, then I just don't know what it is. They say we're losing our country. We're losing our country. But the ones who are going to be at the helm, we say, but I don't. Have, shh, 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 shh. Mm. We're losing our country. I can't talk to you right now. Mm. <sighs> We're losing our country. Guys, <laughs> that's our country. Come on. That's our. Co that's they it. are our country. <laughs> and you know who knows this? The liberals. Oh, man. They know this like the back of their hand. They understand it fully. So what are we going to do? What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we got to care an awful lot more than we've been caring. Your kids are going to be indoctrinated. Your grandkids are going to despise you. They are going to see you as racist, hoping that you will just live your course to just ride off into the sunset so they can exist in a country where we don't have all that hate. Mm. And we don't have, we, you know, everybody, love is love. And what will we have done? We will, we will have fought for the country while overlooking the thing that probably will best change the course of the country. Mm. The children. Real. That's real. The children. Yeah. These people know exactly what they're doing. They are going to create a culture of victims. Mm -hmm. They're going to create a culture of oppressors. I'm telling you, the dollars that will be spent on therapy will skyrocket. Children battling with depression, suicidal, not able to get likes unless they say exactly what the culture says they ought to say on an issue. Mm. And we'll look around and we'll be like, uh, I mean, you know, we just couldn't. We, I don't know. We know what to do. I think you do know what to do. We've already seen in this country that they're willing to, figuratively speaking, put their hands on our kids. 
where are the people who will rise up and who will say, remember this, you won't do it again. Where are the people who are going to do that? I could never talk about this again. I'd be okay. But I love the body of Christ. And when I see things like this happening, I am saying, hey, listen, put down your Coca-Cola in Mayberry. Get up from your front porch. At least stand. Dress for action. Even if you're not quite sure what you're going to, at least get up off your rocking chair. Stand up. Dress for action. Our kids are worth that. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.